0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jordan Hill. With me, as always, Rusty Mansell and Kip Adams. Guys, believe it or not, we survived spring. We made it, we made it through spring practice. Uh, start with you, Rusty. How's it going for you on this Thursday morning? I think
1: I'm more shocked that y'all got, like, two viewing periods. So that's a, that's a good thing. Um, but, uh, you know, with spring practice, you know, to me, I kind of look at the coach's side, no major injuries. You get through spring practice, you know, you have a really good crowd on Saturday of an Easter weekend, a little bit of weather. And, uh, you know, I think overall Kirby Smart has to be pretty excited about what he saw. There's a lot, of, a lot of young guys that have to step in and kind of take over some key spots. But Georgia's got depth, and I think they, ha- they have to be, as a staff, pretty happy where they are going into uh, the critical part of the summer workouts and ending, you know, spring conditioning.
0: Kip, we had you in a non-contact jersey for a little bit yes, in the spring, yes. but how's it going for you so far today?
2: Hey, man, I'm still wearing it right now. Uh, <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good, but, uh, you know, I have never I never thought I would need a nap after a 30-minute walk. But, uh, you know, a, a good surgery will do that to you. But, yeah, got got to watch G-Day at home, and it's, it's funny because, you know, everyone talked about, you know, has talked about how many guys – Georgia lost to the portal, and then you had some guys banged up. You you never – you know, few programs can have Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington out, and then you see two other guys who are top 100 prospects at tight end out there, catching passes, Eric Gilbert and and Oscar Delp out there. I think that's – that. if that doesn't show the kind of depth that Georgia's built – You know, I I don't know what does. And we've we've mentioned Todd Hartley a lot on the show and the job he's done in that position room. But my goodness, uh, I think that, you know, people will not be upset to see Georgia out there in 13 personnel this season based on on what we know about their tight ends right now on the roster. It was just, you know, incredible. We knew those guys were talented, but actually seeing both of them for the first time uh, and you know, out there on the field, I think fans have to be pretty excited, and I know Todd Monken's probably sleeping a little bit better knowing that, you know, regardless of of, of what happens at any other position, he knows he's got a several guys at tight end he can depend on uh, to utilize in his offense.
0: Yeah, let's just jump right into that, talking about G-Day. Really, you know, kind of a back-and-forth scrimmage. 26-23, the black team wins, uh, beats the red team. And and talk about some of the takeaways. And I think, Kip, you hit on what, for a lot of people, was deservedly one of the big things that stood out was the tight end, specifically Eric Gilbert. uh, Had two touchdowns, had another big catch uh, near the end of the game that – uh, on a throw from Sets and Bennett that helped them get into field, uh, field goal range, uh, they wound up hitting Karis Jackson on a couple plays later to set up the game winning field goal. I mean, tight ends. We have heard, you know, throughout spring how good Eric Gilbert has looked. Uh, we were anticipating, you know, how much he would be involved, especially in this G Day game, uh, and he made a lot of plays. Uh, you know, a lot of people are really excited about what he's able to do. I'm excited about the potential, again, of this room. I mean, you look like you were saying, Kip. If you just included the guys we saw on Saturday, Eric Gilbert, Oscar Delp, even Brett Scyther almost had a touchdown right before Eric Gilbert's first touchdown, you'd be really excited. Then you factor in Brock Bowers. Then you factor in Darnell Washington. I mean, it's incredibly impressive, the room they've put together at tight end, the depth they have, the options they have. I mean, it's, it's really impressive to me. I'll be really excited to see, especially going through the summer and then when we get into fall camp. Uh, just you know what these guys have been able to do together. You know, with Eric Gilbert, the amount of uh, progress he made, especially from a conditioning standpoint, just from January to now. I mean, just think about once he has a summer; uh, it's going to be really incredible to watch and, and to see uh, what he's able to do. Um, I'll throw out a few other people, and then each of you guys can kind of chime in with what stood out to you about. Uh, the G-Day game, I thought the quarterbacks really as a whole really played well. You know, I had a chance to go back and watch the game on Monday and really try to break down everything. And, uh, yeah, I thought Stetson played better than I kind of thought live. And one of the things that really stood out to me watching it back was one of the interceptions he threw was it came on a a miscommunication with the offensive line. It looked like the snap count wasn't right, and uh, he just had to kind of fire it off right before halftime trying to make a play. Uh, but I thought he played well, had a lot of really impressive throws. His last throw to Kiaris Jackson that went for like 25 yards uh, was right on the money. And he had a few of those. I was impressed with how he played. Carson Beck, I mean, literally came out firing Threw a 60-yard bomb to Arian Smith. I thought there was plenty to like uh, from what Carson showed. You know, we've heard such good things about the quarterbacks throughout the spring. And, you know, as much as you look at some of that stuff and wonder if it's coach talk or if, you know, it's just sort of saying the right things. I thought both those guys and also uh, Brock Bannegriff as well had some really good throws. Uh, I pointed this out on the board and in a couple different stories. He had a throw to Dominic Blaylock on the run. Uh, I think that might have been the third quarter. Really, really impressive throw, particularly being on the run like that. Um, so that's that's a few of the people that really stood out. The quarterbacks, obviously the tight ends. Uh, check into. Um, You know, Tresman Marshall, I thought, played really well at inside linebacker position that is of real interest. You know, we've heard about Jamon Dumas Johnson a whole lot. um, But to see him play well, he had an interception in that fourth quarter that was big, too. Um, A a lot of guys, I thought, really stood up to the challenge. And, again, you try to take G-Day with a grain of salt, knowing that's really essentially just one of 15 practices. Um, But I thought there was a lot to like, a, a lot of things that you could take as a positive um, and feel good as a transition from spring, uh, going into the summer, and before we know it, fall camp will be here. Um, I'll throw it to you first, Rusty. What stood out to you if it was anybody in particular, or just some of the things you saw um, that kind of stick with you now, coming out of spring?
1: Well, the first thing kind of caught me was was uh, looking at um, Aaron Smith playing, and I didn't know how much he'd be involved and. You know, I saw him in warm ups and I thought, man, they're kind of warming this guy up a little bit. Next thing I know, you know, he comes in, Carson Beck unloads one. So um, we all are aware of what Arian Smith is. He's different than anybody in that room. He just not to stay healthy. He hasn't been healthy. So when you look at Arian Smith, this is a guy that ran a 10, 200 meter in high school football. Uh, he can knock the top off coverage and he did it the very first play against the number twos against a very talented freshman in Dalen Everett, who, by the way, I was very impressed with Dalen Everett. I mean, I know he gave up a play right there. He, you know, he got baptized to college football on the very first play. They come over the top of him with one of the fastest players in the country. Uh, but I thought Dalen Everett played well watching him. But I think the overall, being there on the sidelines, and then watching the replay last night, I think the depth right now inside for Georgia, I think there's a little bit of concern, maybe at center if Van Pram were to go down. But when you look at, Jared Wilson, Michael Morris, you know, Dylan Fairchild, all those guys. You, you know, you're going to put Tate Ratledge back into this mix at some point in the summer. Um, you know, Broderick Jones. And, and you look at Xavier Trust, Devin Willick, uh, you know, a three-year starter in Warren McClendon. Uh, there's a question right here from J.C. asking if Mims returns. Yes. the Amaris Mims returned on Monday. He is back with the football team completely uh withdrew his name for transfer portal. So he basically got a week vacation, got a wind and dine at Florida State, and he's back to workouts and finishing up his semester. So he is back uh at Georgia with that. So um, uh, you know, I think the overall depth there, I know there were some injuries, uh, but you know, going back and watching it, I thought Ty Ingram Dawkins was was more of a disruptor on the defensive line than I than I was able to see on the field. And that's very good news for Georgia, a highly recruited young man. Uh, out of South Carolina, and, and uh, you know, I spoke in Charlotte, I believe, and I stopped and watched him practice one day over there, it, it, and I was like, wait a minute, this guy's bigger than I thought he was, and, uh, you know, he, he he is a guy that I think Georgia fans should know who he is. He's going to be playing a key position there at that five technique on, on the defensive line, so, you know, they're going to need him opposite of Jalen Carter uh, at a lot of times this year, so I think the overall depth of the offensive line and how those young players have come along, Arian Smith playing. We could talk about Eric Gilbert, Oscar Depp, and all those guys all day long because that's, you know, I know Todd Hartley has been doing this long enough now to know that what he's got in that room is special, and he better enjoy every single minute of the next couple years because they've got some some dudes in there that are going to play a lot of Sunday football, and there's several of them in that room that are going to be highly, highly anticipated going into Sunday football on the path they're on right now.
0: I see someone ask, is there any chance we can go five wide with five tight ends? I don't know if they'll do that, but, hey, they got the option.
1: (laughs) I tell you what, you know, that people talk about personnel and 13 personnel, and, you know, I talked to a coach about that last year, and what that does is create such a problem because you have to man up those guys. You have to respect the run because, obviously, they can seal the edge with those three guys. You look at Darnell Washington you know, who's an extended tackle slash tight end there in his frame. Uh, it just creates you have to bring an extra safety and it's a personnel issue to try to match up with him. And, you know, man, you look at Oscar Delp, uh, you know, this is a kid that, uh, that you know, he's. I know his head's spinning a little bit, but when he ran through that tackle and got an extra 11 yards, I saw that in high school football, how strong he is, his lower body. So th- these guys are really, really special. It's a problem. And I don't even know where you defend Darnell Washington, Eric Gilbert, and Brock Bowers. I mean, you know, you have the picture you know that picture that floats around where it says Gurley, Nick Chubb, and Sony, and they're all walking on the field holding their helmet uh, from one of those early games. Somebody's going to take a pitcher, and it's going to be Darnell Delp, uh, Brock Bowers, and Eric Gilbert at some point in the season. And that you're going to go back and look five years from now and go, I cannot believe those guys were on the same football team in Georgia.
0: Sort of to the point you were talking about, Rusty, and that question that got brought up. What I did like that we saw a little bit of on Saturday was the fact that they were working to get so many tight ends on the field at one time, whether it was you know Eric Gilbert split out wide or if it was guys playing H-back and, and getting in there. you know, I think we'll see. You'd have to think we'll see more of that uh, going into the season, just creative ways to get so many talented guys on the field at the same time. Uh, Kip, I want to throw it to you, getting the chance – You know, honestly, to watch it on TV, you can kind of get a different perspective as it's happening rather than uh, being up in the box like uh, I was or down on the field like Rusty was. Uh, Was there anything in particular that really stood out to you, you know, uh, other than what we've already talked about? Any players, anything that kind of sticks with you from G Day?
2: You know, really just seeing guys that, you know, you didn't really get to see last season, whether, you know, Dominic Blaylock being out there and, you know, being productive, uh, you know, I couldn't put a percentage on where he is as far as his recovery, whether he was at 85, 90 percent, 75. But, I mean, he looked good out there. And it's just a reminder of, of what he brought to the team as a freshman, uh, as, as dependable a receiver as you can get, you know, great hands. And, you know, that, that's something that I mean, you can't really overrate that skill set. And somebody that, you know, Sets and Bennett's gonna depend be able to depend on this season. And you know, someone that he hasn't really had, you know, at his disposal. He hasn't had a a guy like that. And it's always seemed to be a new wide receiver every week that was kind of taking over the game or stepping up. I think Dominic Blayaught kind of be that week to week guy that you just know is gonna, you know, get you the first down if you need it, or or you know, get some chunks in the middle of the field and then Likewise, Kiaris Jackson, you know, leading the team and receiving a G day having over 100 yards, it's it's a reminder that we hadn't really seen the Kiaris Jackson that we know he's capable of being. And I think he'll be the first to admit that. You, you, he'll tell everyone, you haven't seen Kiaris Jackson out there and what he's able to do. And I think you saw a little bit of that, that out there as well. And, and I mean... That was one of Stetson's, you know, favorite targets in 2020 uh, before he he got dinged up again. I mean, he was he was that guy for Stetson early on when Stetson was just trying to, you know, get hit himself settled and, and try to become a starter for Georgia when you know he wasn't expected to be the starter in 2020. So I just think having a full off season of of being able to work with those guys. I mean, you know, I mentioned Os- Oscar Delp earlier, and I mentioned you know Eric Gilbert earlier. Those guys have never had a full off season in Georgia's conditioning program either. So they have the whole summer, you know, being able to work together. But it's all this time together in that chemistry. Uh, we talked about the passing offense. I mean, it seems like, Rusty, we've been talking about it for, uh, you know, five years now. The potential for Georgia to have one of the more explosive passing attacks in the country. I think now, I mean, they have everything you, you can really ask for and just kind of continue on that. I'm not really going to say it's, it's, it's really to do with his play out there. I don't know how he graded out. But anytime you have Kirby Smart just talking, you know, making compliments about you, uh, that's something, something to watch because Kirby doesn't throw that praise around just lightheartedly. But he talked about Ernest Green and just talking about how he dropped almost 30 pounds, you know, before spring and then, you know. People talked about him coming out of high school, how he's probably going to move inside at the college level, probably long-term fit, might be a guard. Um, We've seen that story before at Georgia. If there's a program that knows about guys that don't have 6'6", size, you know, 315 pounds, but end up playing left tackle, I think Georgia knows that better than anyone with, you know, Isaiah Wynn, with Jamari Sawyer. And so hearing Kirby just praise Ernest Green that makes me think that's a guy to keep an eye on, and the fact that if, if he's the you know the backup left tackle uh, going into week one, uh, I think that says a lot about where you know himself and how just ready he got to Athens. And I think it just says a lot about his future as potentially Georgia's left tackle of the future, which is not something that maybe a lot of people thought about whenever uh, he committed to Georgia.
0: Few other guys that I thought stood out: uh, Dejon Edwards at running back. Uh, who are some of the other guys? Ernest Green you talked about, uh, Jalen Walker uh, and uh, inside linebacker. Oh
2: yeah,
1: you can see them putting him on the edge too. I mean, that's something that you know you could see now him coming off the edge. That's what they did with Quay Walker, uh, using him as a blitzer, and I, I kind of forgot about that. But I was like, "What is
2: Jalen Walker doing right there?" And they say, "I know." I was like, "Oh yeah, he's blitzing his third down." It seems like they're going to use him all over the field. It just seems yeah. like he's that guy. I mean, you, you've seen it before with like Leonard Floyd, just a guy that, you know, has pretty good length and, and just has such a versatile skill set that I think they're probably going to move him all over. You know, all the linebacker positions and, and at edge as well. I don't think there's anything that Jalen Walker you know, really can't do as far as just being that, you know, that all purpose linebacker for them.
0: We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll talk a little bit about a G Day as far as the recruiting standpoint. Also, got uh, some more stuff to talk about, including a uh, a new commit for the Bulldogs. Well, yeah, before we do jump into G Day as far as the recruiting standpoint, uh, you talked about it a, a few minutes ago, Rusty, with the Marius Mims deciding to come back to Georgia. Just sort of fill us in on, on what we know, and uh, you know the 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 fact. Uh, that uh, the five-star is going to stay in Athens?
1: You know, I had to talk to Marius. Marius. Uh, I can imagine that was a it was a very difficult week, I mean, to make that decision to go into the portal. We later found out that he had hit he had the second scrimmage at Georgia in the spring. He was there. He actually ran some ones. Now, I believe he missed four of eight practices leading up to that. Uh I, I think it was a concussion, not hundred percent sure. I think that's what we talked about, Jordan. Uh So he'd missed some time and he actually got some reps for the one. So, you know, for whatever reason, I know he got some reps with the ones that had a really good scrimmage. Well, sounds like he missed the Tuesday, Thursday, and the third scrimmage he was gone literally for a week. Then he goes into the portal that Sunday. Uh, It comes out on Monday or Sunday and, um, You know, you go through fast forward a week. He takes an official visit to Florida State. Uh, He was set to visit another school, I believe, that Saturday. Um, Very tragic event at Blackley County. He lost one of his former high school teammates in a car wreck. You know, from what I understand, he got in a car, left Florida State, went straight home, and uh, came back to Athens late Saturday night. Now, here's the thing about that. He had to come back because, you know, had he left, he was going to be a student still to finish up you know, a month of, of classes and he lived in Athens. So that's kind of the way JT Daniels has been in Athens uh, with this stuff. So, um, you know, I just think you get a week's time, no telling what all he went through, the phone calls. I can't even imagine the amount of schools that tried to reach out to him. I mean, he was a very coveted young man uh, as an uh, an offensive tackle prospect. And, you know, he's a 20-year-old kid and and, and whatever decision he made, Uh, We started hearing rumors late, late, late Saturday night. And then Sunday um, is kind of when we really went to the board with it and said, hey, you know, there's a a chance this kid may come back. Now, I'm going to pat myself on the back, but I'm also going to correct myself, too. Now, I did say in the very first post, I had a source that said this guy may go in, but end up staying. And. I told that source i don't I don't think that's how it's going to happen, but it's worth mentioning it was a trusted source, and in the end that's what happened. I mean, he went in and stayed uh, at the end of the day, so uh it's just a young man, you never know kind of what he's going through, but i'm I, you know I don't back off the fact that he was raw coming out of high school and, I, and and everybody that covered him felt the same way, but everyone else I know that you know I trust with it knew. What he could be and what he can be, and he needed a year and a half. I mean, he's needed a year and a half now to get himself to where he's running reps. He's going to play at Georgia this year. Will he start? I don't. I don't know, but Marius Mims is going to be in the rotation. I, I, I firmly believe that, and uh, I think his future is sky high at Georgia. I think he's going to be a very, very high draft pick. Uh, you obviously got to keep growing, keep developing, and and he's part of a very deep room right now with with some guys that are going to the NFL too. So. We'll see how he goes and where he's at, but for Georgia to get him back, you know, we talk about this two years from now, and we go back and visit and go, hey, you know what happened if if that Amarius the left, you know, they're sitting there and uh, Kip was spot on about Ernest Green. To hear Kirby Smart talk about an incoming freshman is rare. I mean, really rare. Uh, and I saw Ernest Green. I thought Ernest Green was a guard. The first day I saw him in person in Texas, I said, this kid's a guard. He really is a guard. He's a big guard, and uh And then he started playing tackle, and he was really the only player there in Texas at the All-American Bowl that could block Michael Williams or Marvin Jones. And I thought, this kid might – because, you know, what Kip said, you know, the Isaiah win, I think we all scratched our head, like, what are we doing with Isaiah win at tackle? This guy's six two and a half. you know. Oh, by the way, he wound up being a first-rounder. So when I saw Green playing that day, I, I think I said, remember, wait a minute, this kid might be a tackle. So, uh, you know, that was, a, that was a, a big deal to get him and to get Mims back. So, you got some depth. You got some guys who are just kind of waiting their turn. You got some guys who are going to play. You never know where you're going to be. You're one play away. And you can look at Alabama last year. They got so banged up, especially at tackle. They tried to play two or three different guys over there and just didn't have that depth. And, um, you know, to have somebody like Mims and Ernest Green in rotation with Broderick Jones and Warren McClendon is going to be invaluable to Georgia. And to get him back, I think it's a big deal. But guys, I think we look back in two years from now at this decision, this is going to be a really, really big deal.
0: Like you said, Rusty, sometimes it's hard to predict what 18, 19, 20-year-olds will do. Sure. I know uh, when he announced he was coming back, I had Kip make sure and send me uh, my board message where I was like, oh, I think he's gone. I'm, you know, That's just uh, you know, it's, it's <laughs> making sure that I wasn't quite batting at that.
2: Welcome to the beat, Jordan. <laughs>
0: yes, sir. Uh, no other way to do it. Uh, but like you said, Rusty, I mean – you know, I, and I had written it, too, after the fact that we knew he was coming back. I mean, just how big of a boost that is to know, you know, we talked about it when it looked like Amarius may be leaving, you know, that the Georgia could have been an injury away from needing a tackle. I mean, that's just the nature of how this goes last year, last year with uh, Sawyer getting hurt and, and Broderick having to come in. You know, that's just sort of how it works. So uh, to have a guy with that kind of caliber and that potential back, uh, I think it's huge. And obviously.
2: Go
1: ahead. Yeah, go
0: ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just going to say. I mean, you know, he may be called upon to play a much bigger role than than we are thinking right now in the spring.
1: You look no further than that injury at the national championship game, and mm-hmm. they had to throw Broderick Jones out there. And I mean, you had to throw Broderick Jones out there with some grown men, and um, he held him. He held up well, and and now he's that firmly pushed him towards the this season and likely the last one for him at Georgia. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Broderick Jones is not a guy next year. We're talking about uh, these early draft guys, so uh you know you look at that and just one play away you just kind of never know but I, I i made no bones about it on our on the do- on the junkyard that i know Georgia tried to keep him marriage man they met with him and they met with him and they met with him and that tells me what type of player he is and, and how, you know how much they were you know knew that he's about to be the guy that they recruited out of high school and you know he was developing and and he was going to be a player you know uh for, for the Georgia Bulldogs and Getting him back, was that's a big one.
0: Talk about developing players out of a high school. Another part of G-Day was the fact that a lot of recruits were on the sidelines getting to check out Athens and Sanford Stadium. Rusty, what did you kind of take away from what you got to see, what you got to hear? Um, Some of the guys that were there in Athens that, you know, when it's all said and done may wind up being Bulldogs.
1: The first one that came to mind was I had forgotten how big Branson Robinson is. And when he came down the steps, I was like, who is that guy? And I, and I went, wait a minute, that's Branson Robinson. And, I mean, this joker is put together now. I mean, this guy's about to be a freshman running back at the end of May at Georgia. So, they're, I mean, they're adding another guy, and he is put together. I, I'd seen him a couple years ago, but it's been a little while. And, um, you know, when you see him come down the steps looking like that, it's a little bit different. Uh, and I was like, wait a minute, who is that guy? But uh, five-star Jaden Wayne out of uh, Seattle area. Uh, the young man I first saw at the Adidas Freshman All American Game, six foot five, two hundred and thirty five pounds. This weekend, he's a defensive end, edge guy. Some people think he's a tight end. Uh, I know some colleges recruiting him as a tight end, but um, you know it's a, uh, it was a, a who's who. I mean, from from the list, you go down to there was a kid who walked by me, and you know we can't talk to the recruits, we can shoot pictures, and you look at Cam Pringles, a twenty twenty four offensive tackle out of South Carolina. I went back today, actually, guys, and looked at a twenty nineteen video we made. Uh, from the spring game, and uh, a few recruits there, there Tate Rattledge, uh, Keely Ringo was there, Eric Gilbert was there. So, you know, you look now three years down the line and how big was that day for the guys that are there now. So we'll go back three years from now and look at that list and say that guy was here and, um, you know, Justice Haynes, you know, very highly recruited running back, obviously well-documented who his dad is, Veron Haynes. Uh, you know, just a lot of guys there. Arch Manning, Roswell Dog. I'm gonna give him a shout out. Roswell Dog asked me every day.
2: <laughs> every <laughs> he's asking day. you right now.
1: You already asked me today. What's the latest <laughs> on Arch Manning? When's he visiting? I can assure you, Roswell Dog. When we know, I promise you, it's come to the board. So, Arch Manning was not there. There was some rumors going around when I got there that morning that hey, Arch Manning may show up, and I didn't. I didn't buy that. I mean, this guy. Uh, from, I knew he was on spring break with his family, and uh, he's taking his time. In fact, I heard. Um, it may or may not be out there, so I hope I'm not bussy. them. I heard that they're not having spring game because it's going to be, you know, it's going to be out of control. So they're just going to do spring practices and uh, at noon in high school there and kind of wrap things up. So uh, that thing's real tight. And right now, from everything I know, Arch Manning is is focusing on his team through spring practice, and uh, we'll see where he goes from there. But I get questions all the time. It, but getting back to the original question, Jordan, you know, you you sit there and you think, who all was there and you know how big a deal is it? Um, you know Bo Hewley, the ta- the offensive tackle commit out of Hughes. I mean that's a battle. You know Auburn, Florida, all these other schools trying to get him. He will realize how big he is either. I mean, that's legit six seven. You're talking about offensive tackles, and only a few guys that look like that. That body type. Um, you know Brian McClendon was spending Dale McGee, uh, Stacey Searles a lot of time. It was, it was it was kind of a flashback to look out there at one point, and I saw, Todd Hartley. Ryan McClendon, Stacy Searles, and Mike Bobo all standing there. And that was kind of like, man, this they have got the they've got the band back together over here, you know, <laughs> for sure. Uh, but that 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 crew that crew was out there together. And it's been a while since those four guys were uh, you know, in the red and black. Todd Hartley was a a student assistant last time those guys were standing there. And now Todd Hartley's running a room full of NFL prospects and signing some of the top players in the country. that tied in.
0: Yeah, you mentioned all those guys. Uh, Kirby Smart told Jeff Schultz after the fact that he had thought about getting celebrity coaches and getting Mark Richt as one of them, and that that really would have had the whole crew back. That would,
1: that would have been great. That'd have been great. Had Jim Donnan on one side and Mark Richt on the other.
0: <laughs> exactly. That would have brought in. That would have brought in a whole lot of memories for those guys, no doubt about it. Uh, part of uh, what was really interesting about G Day Weekend is what we found out the next day on Easter. Uh, Gabe Harris, a four star edge out of Valdosta, committed to Georgia. Start with you, Rusty, and then Kip, you can go on with anything else you want to add, uh, just with what Georgia's getting in Gabe Harris and, and what his commitment means uh, for the Bulldogs.
1: First of all, Gabe was going to, he was a silent commit. So he was going to commit Friday. Then he texted me and said, Hey, I'm going to commit around noon on Saturday said okay then he said i'm gonna t- i'm gonna commit this afternoon so i was good you know we had our story we were ready to go and didn't do it and then he texts me late saturday night or sends me a dm Says, hey i'm gonna do it sunday around noon and i was like okay gabe this is your time my brand and uh it sure enough at least he did it around noon and we me meet and kip's been around this a long time noon sometimes is two three hours later you know i'm sitting here on an easter sunday going looking at my wife going i've got to have my phone in my hand soon as church is over and. uh uh, but but Gabe's a, a young man I've known since freshman year. He was at, started at Thomas County Central. He's since transferred over to Valdosta for his senior season, and uh, that was a guy. That was a guy that immediately, um, you know, the new outside linebacker coach went on hard on as soon as he got to, to Georgia, and that kind of changed of things.
0: Well, uh, before we wrap this thing up, I uh, feel like I've got to go back to my minute of uh, men's basketball. That's kind of been my feature to to close out some of these episodes. Another big week, honestly, for Mike White. Uh, they pick up uh, Terry Roberts, a guard from Bradley, who uh, I'll go ahead and tell everybody who's uh, listening and who wants to look out for a uh, kind of a breakdown of his game. I want to try to do that today just to, to show Georgia fans uh, what they're getting in Roberts, a guy that made a lot of plays at Bradley. Um, but I think this will be another really interesting week uh, to see what else we uh, hear from the program. They've got, I think, something like six or seven scholarships still open. Uh, Frank Anslem is a guy from Syracuse. They had visit over the weekend, uh, a center that I think could be really big for the things that Mike White wants to do. Uh, he posted on Monday about the uh, the visit he had over the weekend. Um, so you've got to feel like, you, you know, that they're in a decent spot, at least uh, with a chance to add him. And so so I think they're taking steps in the right direction. I think it's, again, uh, kind of going to be a week-to-week thing as they try to rebuild this roster and add to it. Um, but it seems like things are, are at least uh, getting a little bit of momentum. I know there were some people on the message board that were a little bit worried uh, early on uh, with uh, seeing a lot of guys leave and at the time not seeing a whole lot of talk about potential targets or guys that are joining. Slowly but surely, it seems like they're getting uh, the roster back um, and, and adding guys that they want. So it'll be uh, it'll be something we'll keep an eye on and something we'll watch to see if Mike White uh, can take advantage of the portal and understand what's uh, in front of him and what he's able to add. Um, before we get out of here, I want to ask both of you guys, too. I don't know if you guys saw around noon Georgia announced that they're bringing back uh, the block jersey numbers, kind of throwing it back to what's been truly a, a tradition for Georgia football. So I'll start with you, Kip. Uh and uh then go to you, Rusty. But uh Kip, what, what were your thoughts on what the jerseys look like going into 2022?
2: Well, uh, you know, it's it's obviously something that the Georgia fans are are very passionate about, at least, you know, a lot of them on the board. I mean, I saw when it got brought up yesterday because Georgia uh their you know, the equipment account was throwing out hints, it got pretty spirited. And I think that uh, you know. Those jerseys are, are just what you think about. The block jerseys are, I mean, that's that's what Georgia, for the most part, has always been known for. So I think, I mean, you know, I don't know how uh, big of a part Josh Brooks played in that, but it, I mean, it looks like that's kind of like his stamp. You know, if he's going back to these jerseys, it's it's something that if he heard the fans and that's what they wanted and, and he's making it happen, then. I mean, just credit to Josh Brooks. I think he's, you know, he's had about as good of a tenure so far than that you could ever hope for, uh, for, for an athletic director. So I, I think, you know, he's got some equity there to kind of make some moves here and kind of earn the trust of the fan base. But I think, uh, even more so than the, the block numbers, I think the fact that the, the dog collar is gone is probably going to have a lot more people, uh, I guess, uh, you know, excited because it just, was not something that, I mean, it just didn't look right. A little too cartoony as far as, uh, you know, what I'm concerned as a college football jersey. You don't have to get too complicated here. You know, I think they kind of overthought it there and went a little bit, it was a little too busy. So I think get, getting back to what, you know, Georgia's traditionally known for is probably a good move and and probably something that's going to have a lot of alumni, you know, doing fist pumps today. So, you know, just... Continuing to keep that uh that good mojo going for Georgia going into the offseason. I, I think that you know it was a good move on their part to go ahead and put that out today.
1: I think they got to come back to silver britches. And I'm talking about 1988 silver. I mean, you gotta have sunglasses on if you tackle somebody in the daylight. I'm talking I don't know where that why that can't be done in this day and age. But if Nike ever comes out with a real silver britches, it's going to be people are going to pass out. And, you're, you know, I mean, you're pandering right now. I mean, you know, I'm, that's what everybody wants. I mean, that's what I, I mean. Well, I don't know what the deal is. Like, you know, I, I, saw, I was going to there Saturday. Like, I don't know how we got to like this gray doll look, you know, from silver britches. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't know. So I'm calling. Don't they have
2: a title. You think they you think they get the black jerseys this year? Uh
1: I don't know, man. I don't know. Kirby smart. He's still on the sideline on the other sideline and watch those black jerseys come out and that that feeling. I don't know if he ever wants to be on the other side of that. Um
2: you you released the jerseys today and you got Kiaris wearing the black jerseys, black number 10 out there. And you don't think he's ever gonna put that jersey on again is what you're telling me.
1: If they if they would just announce it before the season, say, hey, look, you know, when we play Kentucky in October, we're gonna wear black jerseys that day. That will take all of that out of because the kids love it, the recruits love. It. I mean, you look at these black on black combos, whether you like it or not, that's what the kids love. The recruits love it. So I think if you just announce it, hey, we're gonna wear black jerseys ex- this game in Oct in, in, in you know in July. That takes that out of it, you know, because I mean we've had people here tracking FedEx shipments, and you know, hey, the jerseys
2: are here. I heard they're you know boxing them out and so things like you, that but do you do you think Dan Landing tries to recruit against Kirby by by telling him oh no, you'll never get to wear those jerseys uh, I have seventy eight different colorways, You'll get so- to wear every single week here.
1: nobody can compete with Oregon's uniform the the amount of options you have. Is, that's zero chance
0: i will say looking at the the way the jerseys and and the numbers on these jerseys look now i was looking through our archives for a photo to throw on it and i found one of, of todd Gurley wearing the sort of the traditional and i was like oh man that looks so clean it's just so yeah. simple it's like not messing with the helmet like you you know don't You're don't, don't over complicate it just stick with what you got Um, So, well, all right on that, we're going to wrap this thing up. I appreciate you guys for listening and for watching and for downloading. Uh, Thanks for the questions. Uh, Thanks again to Kip and and Rusty for hopping on with me. Uh, We're going to wrap it up right there. I appreciate you guys. And until next time, take care.